Okay, listeners, welcome back to the Adrian Bow podcast with Troy Malcolm. It's the Skills Workshop Series. We're up to episode 94. Troy, how are you today, mate? I'm really well, Adrian. Thanks so much for having me again. It, uh, it feels great to be back. It feels good to be seeing you. Uh, I know we speak nearly every day, but it's great to be seeing you uh, on Zoom. Uh, I'm getting my Adrian Bow injection in the arm every <laughs> single week now via Zoom. So it feels like the good old days. Absolutely. And i got to tell you, Troy, there's been so much positive feedback from uh, the reactivation, uh, if you will, of the Skills Workshop series last week. And we've made the commitment to come to the listeners every single week. Um, basically, we, we uh, acknowledge that the most popular uh, episodes back in the day were the Skills Workshop. So we're back at it, the uh, Troy and Bo show. Here we are. So today we're going to deal with um, the uh, uh, really outpacing the market, if you like, um, and outpacing the competition, if you will, during the lockdown series, just for the Sydney listeners. But I've got to say, Troy, as you know, we've got listeners, you know, throughout Australia and New Zealand, which is really, really a great testament to the sort of content that we're pushing out. And thanks for everyone for emailing, calling and telling us that we're happy to see Troy and Adrian back together again. Um, so, you know, what you're seeing, Troy, with your agents in, in your market, um, what are some of the best agents doing at the moment, um, whether they're in lockdown or not, to really outpace their competitors at the moment? Adrian, it's such a great um, strategy to start thinking and taking a step back and thinking what's possible when you do come out of lockdown. Obviously, in the greater Sydney region, there are still restrictions and they've been extended for another week, unfortunately. But I really think it's an opportunity. And, you know, we always talk about, think about what the glass half full is as opposed to half empty. I see this as an amazing opportunity for agents to reevaluate what's possible. If you look at the history, and I know that you've discussed this on your podcast and your interviews recently, and I agree 100%. If you look at the history of uh, Victoria coming out of their restrictions, each time they've had restrictions, we've seen a, seen a spike in activity from buyers. Now, I don't know whether that's because they're just sitting indoors right now and they're getting extremely frustrated uh, or they're starting to think this isn't the place to be uh, locked down and they're making decisions based on what they want to achieve. Um, so we do see a spike around activity. We see a spike around uh, volume of listings that hit the market. We see uh, a spike around agents, feedback around market appraisals that they go and conduct at the end of that period. And this is all data that's come from our Melbourne listeners in our Victorian offices. So if I was looking at that information, I would be starting to think, who do I need to speak to right now to be able to get to that point when restrictions change? And this also applies, Adrian, not only to the Greater Sydney market, to all of New South Wales, all of Queensland, all of Western Australia, South Australia, Northern Territory, everywhere where we've had some type of restrictions and everywhere in Australia has had some type of restriction, these are the type of things that I'd be focused on. Who do I need to speak to to be able to get in front of them face-to-face when restrictions are, list- are lifted so they can better make a decision about what's possible in regards to the value of their home? That was where I'd start. And I know you're probably going to go into even more detail about what types of categories we should be focused on talking to, but that's where I'd start. I'd be starting to think about who do I need to speak to? That would be the overarching thing. And how do I outpace the market in regards to getting on the front foot and making the calls, sending the email, doing the text, making the social media posts to really enable them to know that I'm still open for business? 
Absolutely. And as we've talked about before, Troy, you know, our industry has evolved. I mean, 20 years ago, it was a customer service and loyalty business. Today, it's a customer service and and awareness business. Um, The loyalty is still there to a degree, but it has been uh, heavily diluted due to the quality of competition and the amount of competition. Um, And I think that's a good thing. I think that things like ARIC and things like Tom Panos's gym, things like the podcast we're doing has raised the bar in the industry. So that's a really altruistic approach that we all love to to participate in. Also, Josh Fegan does a great job. So I think the opportunity in that is the useful belief that we should adopt uh, regardless whether in Sydney in lockdown or whether you're on, in other areas that are, that are not in lockdown, the, the awareness factor. Um, because, look, we can't delude ourselves, Troy, into thinking that every prospecting session is going to equate to three listing appointments or four market appraisals. It just doesn't happen that way. But what we do know that if we're nurturing our database, let's call it, or we're nurturing our sphere of influence, or we're nurturing our hot list or our hot buyers um, on a consistent basis with the appropriate frequency. And the appropriate frequency comes down to, you know, um, hassle versus hustle. So you don't call someone every day who says, I'm not selling for another three years. And then someone who you've appraised and will sign an agency agreement with you or your competitor, you don't call them once a week. So Common sense needs to prevail there. So awareness means that you consistently on a daily basis, you know, um, have your, your, your contacts, whether it's 30, 40 or 50, it doesn't matter, but at least invest an hour of your 12 hours that you invest per day in working or 10 hours, whatever it is, into calling people to let them know, A, um, that you 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 remember the, the conversation you had most recently with them or the interactional meeting you had most recently with them. So acknowledging the notes in your database, for example. Um, secondly, secondly, um, what you want to do is is advise them of recent sales or recent listings. Thirdly, what you want to do is give them an updated price opinion on their property, either by making an appointment or referring to the last appraisal you provided them. And the final thing you want to do is create another task to follow up with those people. So um, then you talked about Troy social media, DL cards, signboards, local sponsorships, all that is part of this ubiquitous approach that we adopt as agents to create higher awareness factor. So it's it's not one silver bullet or there's not one piece of magic dust that's, that is the solution. It's doing a lot of things extremely well on a consistent basis, and that includes even more granular things, Troy, like handwritten thank you cards, personalised SMSs, um, you know, emails or calls to underbidders that have missed out on your price. Whatever it involves, it's you want to be that trusted advisor and you want to be that go-to agent. So when that do wake up in three months or three years and make the decision to sell or make the decision to get a market appraisal, it's like, oh, Troy Malcolm, right, you know, he's the first person that comes to mind because subliminally through your monthly newsletters or your 90-day connects, through voicemail or whatever it is, subliminally, you know, you've actually bought a piece of their mind and that you're more top of mind. So I think it's really critical, whether people are in lockdown or not, to really focus on that awareness piece. 
Yeah, the consistency is the key. Adrian, the other thing that we are noticing around the grounds is that people seem to have a lot more time on their hands right now. Um, you know, in the greater Sydney region, we know that the extension has happened for the next seven days. And we also know that a lot of school children are going to be homeschooled. Um, so a lot of parents are going to be dedicating time to managing their kids, but they're going to be looking for reasons to have conversations about different things as well. So what a great opportunity without sounding too silly for agents to be having quality conversations with their pipeline sellers right now to discuss what impact COVID-19 and this restriction is going to have on their property. And I'd be using the stats that have come out of Victoria and saying, you know what, Mr. and Mrs. Jones, I just want to let you know, we've seen historically over the last two years, Victoria has had a spike in activity at the end of the restrictions. What does that mean for you right now? Well, if you make the decision now and we get everything prepared, then we're going to have a really good run up until spring. But the decision is yours. You have to make that decision and you have to be prepared that there'll be buyers because stock's low. There'll be buyers that will be putting offers forward and be quite ambitious with their offers in regards to how quickly they want to exchange. Um, You need to make the decision whether you're prepared to act on those or you want to wait and do a full campaign in spring. So I think that's the secondary part, but it always relates back to if you're not consistently out there doing the activities, you're going to be missed off the shopping list. Absolutely. And the other thing I get asked a lot, Troy, is, oh, but, you know, I'm making these calls, Adrian, and they're saying, well, can you call me back after lockdown? So that relates to Sydney people or non-Sydney people are making the calls and they say, can you call me back in spring, for example? Either way, it's just a metaphor. Now, what I'd be doing and what my tip for that is, and Troy, you and I have spoken about this and are on the same page, is when someone says, oh, call me back um, after lockdown or in spring or whatever, well, actually, Troy, why don't we do this? Um, why don't we book in a time after the 16th of July or on the 1st of September, whatever it is, we can always change it if if, if, if your circumstances change, but why don't we lock in a time now and that way, you know, we've we've got something that's in the diary for both of us because I know, you know, that you are really busy with family, work and sport, kids' sports and whatever. Why don't we just lock it in? And that way, let's say that you are in Sydney then my KPI and my challenge to everyone listening to this is they've got two face-to-face meetings booked in every single day after the 16th for the next three weeks after lockdown, for example. Or if you're not in Sydney, then still have that same KPI, which is two dollar productive face-to-face. Now, I don't care if it's just a price check. I don't care if it's an actual listing opportunity. It could even be a buyer appointment, whatever it is, but it's a really great thing to actually look forward to and lock in because it is very easy, as you know, Troy, when someone says, oh, can you just call me back, you know, in a couple of weeks or call me back in spring? It's very easy to to be compliant with that. I'm asking everyone to challenge that thinking and to to say, well, look, Adrian, we're going to be really busy by the time I call you and then I can't reach you and whatever. Why don't we just lock it in now? And therefore, uh, we, we know it's in place. You've got something to look forward to. And we know that we can actually hit the ground running as soon as we uh, we catch up after that if you decide to proceed. Yeah, it makes it so easy to have that conversation. And and using that structure you just mentioned, Adrian, would be 
um, pretty much the structure I'd use for every conversation. Uh, and having the goal of two, I think that, you know, is a great starting point. I would love to see it for all the listeners of this podcast to be at three or four, you know, those quality mm. conversations face-to-face. I think that that's reality. Uh, high performance should be outpacing the market. Now, some of the other things that I would be focused on right now to outpace the market is, um, Adrian, I'd actually take a day, be that maybe Friday or next Tuesday or Monday, whatever day that is, and reevaluate the systems. We've just come off a financial year and it's a great time to reestablish those systems and processes and really understand exactly if you've got team members working for you, what are they focused on right now? So we've spoken a lot about the client-facing activities, but also use this time as an opportunity to actually review some of the acti- some of the processes and systems we have in place to make sure that they're ready as soon as the market does open up and we're allowed to do a lot more things face-to-face with open for inspections and with auctions face-to-face in Greater Sydney, we're ready for that. Absolutely. So, so some examples of that, Troy, um, you know, and fr- from a granular sense and a practical sense, number one is to forensically go through your, your, your um, CRM or your database. So I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this have a database of sorts. The only problem I find in my coaching, as you do, Troy, day-to-day, is that a lot of this data doesn't have any any tasks attached to it or any follow-up attached to it. They're just orphan data just sitting there. And sometimes it's in the hundreds, sometimes it's in the thousands. I mean, that's insanity. I would rather have someone with a database of 1,200 people that there is a task allocated to them without fail and no later than 90 days. So that way, every day, they can turn on their computer, press a task list or be print out a piece of paper, and you've got 30 or 40 calls to make that day that was scheduled either three weeks ago or 90 days ago, because I don't want anyone to go longer than 90 days to call people on their database. Now, that includes past clients and it includes your pipeline sellers, even if they're not looking to sell, because as we talked about in last week's episode, Troy, given COVID, given low interest rates, people are changing their minds very, very quickly about not selling versus selling, you know. So it's really critical that um, from a forensic level, while you've got the time to work on your business rather than in your business, that you go through from A to Z, your database and your CRM. Another one would be checklists. So all of us have got checklists. Um, you know, some of them are just arbitrary and they're in our head. Others are actually written down. I encourage everyone to document these checklists. Uh, I had a coaching session, you know, the other day with an EBU. I said, do you have a checklist? They said, yes. I said, show it to me. They said, no, it's just in my head. So in real time, what we actually did is document this checklist um, because this this um, associate uh, administration agent, um, you know, basically if she had a day off one day, well, you know, the one to 20 things to do every time a property is listed or sold, you know, it wouldn't be available. So we documented and went through it. So I'm, I would implore everyone to actually do that. Now, you could have a checklist, one to 20 things that you do once a property is listed. Now, that includes administrative and and success marketing. So just some quick examples of that would be, you know, administrative would be that the agency or agreement or the Form 6 goes out, that an EDM goes out, um, that you, 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 all your buyer's agents are emailed and a success marketing could be that you, you door knock and cold call around every time you list and sell a piece of real estate or it could be that you geo-target your existing database to let them know, you know. A sale checklist would be similar. A passed-in checklist at auction might be 
go through every single person that's inquired from day one of the campaign via email and phone and advise them that we are now in a private sale or a private treaty situation, um, that it did, didn't sell at auction, or that could even relate to people that don't do auctions, but if the property's on the market for more than 40 or 50 days, this could be a checklist item, that you um, change the hero shot, that you tweak the copywriting, um, that you uh, re-elevate it to, a, to an audience maximiser or a premier listing, whatever it might be. Um, so... What I'm suggesting to you is have a checklist and a process and it's not good enough, it's just in your head. It needs to be documented and what better time than now to actually review those processes. Yeah, I can't agree more with you, Adrian. And, you know, to, to summarise and talk about the final part, it's a great segue into marketing. So we've spoken about the clients. We've spoken about our pipeline and our past clients having really valid conversations about what it means when we come out of restrictions. Second part, we've spoken about process and systems. What checklist do you need to get in order? How do you allocate those tasks? And what are team members doing day in, day out? And then the third one that I think is equally important, if not more important, is working out your marketing strategy for the next three months. We know agents naturally fall into the trap of getting busy uh, without actually focusing on what their activities are in regards to marketing out there in the field. This is the perfect time to start putting a plan together and talk about what things are you going to do and when are you going to launch them and release them out to the market for the next three months. Agents that plan the marketing space see much better results than agents that see an opportunity and do a knee-jerk reaction and maybe spend $5,000 on a marketing DL or something like that. They don't see the results come through because it doesn't have a strategy associated with it. So for everyone listening to this, the third part and equally important is having that marketing plan for the next three months longer if possible and work out what activities give you the greatest return in that marketing space. Is it just listed, just sold? Is it your monthly newsletter as an EDM? Is it doing a beautiful four-page booklet that goes out with the information about your local suburb? Is it some type of bus shelter? Is it cinema advertising? Is it digital advertising? What does that look like for you? And what plan are you putting in place right now to make sure your clients know, again, that you're open for business? Absolutely. And, and, and you know, what we want to attach to that, Troy, is some metrics around what is the ideal budget? So the ideal budget is not based on your previous year's GCI. It should be on your projected GCI. So just to give people an example is if your projected GCI for this financial year is $400,000, then the best rule of thumb that you and I have come up with our coaching over the last 20 years together is 5% of that, which is $20,000. You divide that by 12, and that gives you a marketing budget of $1,600 per month. Um, at least that way, if someone asks you or you're preparing a, a, a marketing budget and a business plan, which let's not delude ourselves, every agent is a business within a business. We're not employees. So every business, and you are a business as an agent, needs to have a marketing budget. Well, now you know what the best rule of thumb is. So if it's $1,600 per month, then at the first of the month, not at the end of the month, at the first of the month, you say, right, where's the best allocation for these funds and some examples Troy's given you it, it could be social media ads it could be boosting could be just sold just listed it could be um, rate my agent 
um, 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 through Google AdWords, which they can do through you and actually elevate that and expose it really well, which is a nice one. It could be local sponsorships. But the challenge that you and I have found when we've sat down with agents, Troy, is we'll, 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 we'll give them that advice and then we'll ask them to pull out the budget that they spent for the previous year and it's either super anemic, meaning that they've spent like 2% or they've spent 40% of their, which is like then you look at their EBIT or their profit and they've just done a whole year and they might have written 1.2 million GCI, but they've, they've basically have not much profit, if any, at all. So I think it's really important to, to keep that as a metric because, you know, you know, it's not about GCI, even though that's an important metric, but what a lot of people don't talk about, Troy, is NCI, which is net commission income, you know. And let's face it, why do this business and tell everyone you wrote $1.2 million if all you're putting in your pocket is is $70,000 a year after you pay your assistant tax, marketing, it doesn't make sense. So NCI is equally as important and your marketing budget and your labour costs, which will be your associates, is really critical to forensically analyse upfront based on what your projection is going to be for that year. Yeah, and to also measure, Adrian, I think you hit the nail on the head where a lot of agents mm. just don't measure what they've uh, what they've actually got. They don't ask questions when they're talking to the client. Mm. Where did you see the advertisement? Where did you see uh, this property? Like all of those types of things, I think are important as well. And uh, it's never been easier in regards to the digital metrics to really measure where the eyeballs are uh, and seeing the return there. So be very mindful of that. And I know there's a lot of agents out there that are utilizing phenomenal partners in regards to that digital space. But you know, you just want to make sure that it works for your market. Not all markets are at that digital space just yet, but they will be. Um, Adrian, that is three key really big topics um, that I would be focused on right now to outpace the market in the future. And even if I have come out of lockdown, be that Queensland or be that Victoria, I'd be still reviewing those three factors that we discussed, clients, process, checklists and marketing to make sure that we're having and setting up FY22 to be our best year ever. 100% 100% Troy um, and it's been another great session another great podcast um, I hope everyone really has enjoyed it we love bringing it to you and we'll be back to you next week same time same channel and again we'll be coming to you via uh, audio and video Troy because we found that to be a really useful piece in terms of people being able to watch it as well through all the social media channels. Yeah, perfect. Can't wait till next week, Adrian. Thanks again for having me. Uh, Thank you, listeners, for sending all your feedback via the week as well. Keep sending in those questions and comments. Uh, We love seeing them. Terrific, Troy. Thanks again for joining us as part of the uh, Skills Workshop Series, and we will see you next week. See you, mate. Thank you.